Welcome, one and all, to the mystical world of Felbar. Adventures abound throughout this realm, and we appreciate the opportunity to regale you with some stories from these trails. These accounts are all based on actual RPG experiences that occurred within Adventures in Felbar. Some of these tales may be for mature audiences, while others may be for very immature audiences. We now present the sage Mikas Tumo from Tamel, also known as the Bard of Felbar. Welcome to Session Fartuk-126. The previous episode featured the group figuring out that the sewer entrance on the cliff face was the easiest way into the city after discovering that the guards were expecting their party. A daring night rope climb got the party up the cliff and into the sewers after being washed over in human waste. As they made their way through the sewers, they are discussing their options, which is where we rejoin them. Well, if you're trying to clear your names, it seems that Pole to Pot would be the most likely source, said Tonia. Although I'm not sure how he, you will gain an audience with him, he is one of the most powerful people in Fartuk. The group began to mull over the best choice to regain their freedom, while Cabe interjecting that someone was going to pay dearly for the loss of his friends. The heroes also argued about trying to free their friends first for reinforcements when they were startled by a deep voice. Who's down there? demanded an angry man. Everyone went silent when the voice commanded several guards to pull the grate and investigate the sounds. Noting that they had been discovered, but not sure how much of their discussion had been heard, Fargus yelled run and the group splashed their way through a nearby tunnel as a grinding noise filled the passage, indicating the grate was coming off the tunnel. Yelling could be heard from behind them as well as whistles, signaling a guard team close by. Darting by several chambers, the group felt fatigued well up inside of them from their late hour. A crossbow bolt zinged past their heads and struck into the brick wall of the sewer. The Delvers arrived at a T-junction. Fargus Stoutheart, holding the torch, went left with Sister Elaine and Tonia following. As Lady Irena attempted to follow, more bolts struck the entrance and she had to veer off to the right, followed by Cabe Silvertongue and Bolger, the former sailor, behind her. The three demi-humans had dark vision, which could allow them to see better in the darkness, whereas the humans were night blind and needed the torch. Each group hustled their way through a maze of sewer tunnels and quickly got confused at their direction. Several minutes of running was more than enough to exhaust the human contingent, and the ranger, cleric, and former slave each stopped, panting, to catch their breath. Trying to silence themselves, they did not hear any tromping and felt they were safe. A few paces away, they found an opening in some iron rungs set in the brickwork. Fargus inched his way up, handing the torch off to Sister Elaine, who then gave it to Tonia. Lifting the heavy grate, the ranger looked around and found himself in the middle of an empty street. Using all his strength, he pushed the grate to one side before hopping out onto the roadway. He called to the females, and Sister Elaine quickly scampered up the rungs and out into the street. Tonia lifted the torch to the cleric and began her climb, but a zing of a bolt was heard, followed by a loud splash. Tonia had been struck and had fallen. Splashing below indicated several guards closing quickly and were yelling loudly. Fargus began to lower himself, but was pulled back by Sister Elaine. It's too late. We can't save her. We've got to get the hell out of here. Shadows appeared below, and the ranger knew she was right. 
The pair pushed the grate onto a pair of fingers inching their way out of the tunnel, causing a guard to scream in agony and it fell from the rungs. Swinging in with the intense pain, the other guards had to assist his associate and the pair ran off through the back streets of Phoenix. Wait, we lost him, yelled Bulger as he pursued the bard and the mage through the tunnels. The trio screamed at each other, noting that they had become separated. Looking around frantically, the threesome attempted to backtrack but found themselves in a large chamber with churning sewage moving into a hole in the center. I think if we cut through that archway and go a bit further, we can get back on track, said Lady Irena in a hushed tone. The males nodded in agreement and began to make their way across the flooded chamber. The mage slipped on some moss and pointed out the lack of traction. Cabe heard her, but Bulger did not as he was distracted. The squat gnome slipped on the patch and fell into the high water with a resounding splash. Cabe and Irena whirled around, but they were not able to spot their associate as he was being sucked under by the strange current. The pair yelled frantically and caught a glimpse of their friend's outstretched hand just before he went through a whirlpool in the center. Mouths agape, the two could not believe they just saw their friend die. Sounds of humans in armor and flickering shadows snapped them out of their dismay, and they quickly moved through the archway just as the guards entered the flooded chamber. Fargus and Elaine moved through the back alley and squatted to catch their breath. They were both silent until the cleric pointed out that there was nothing they could do. They did all that they could. If we had gone down there, we would have all been caught, and that would have ended this venture quickly, she stated flatly. Hopefully, Tonia is only wounded and not dead. We may still be able to rescue her. Fargus spat on the cobblestones and had an angry look on his face. Rescue her? You're kidding, right? It's just you and I. We have no idea where the others are, or if they are even free. For all we know, they could be di- But Sister Elaine interrupted him. Don't you say it, Fargus Stoutheart. Don't even think it. We've been in tough positions before. The only thing that kept us alive was that we didn't panic, and we tried to solve the problem. Let's solve the problem. The ranger shook his head and nodded. Fine. Step one. What do we have? The pair began to discuss their options when the clomping of feet and whistles were heard coming down the street. Looking around frantically, they scanned the alley and found a small door. Yanking it open, the pair dove inside the establishment just as the guards ran past the alley. Bracing the door shut, the pair found themselves in a back room of some type. Hearing no guards, the two moved through the building and quickly found themselves in a tavern. The patrons looked at the cloaked, smelly pair and then returned to focusing on their drinks. Sister Elaine tugged at Fargus and guided him to a secluded booth in the corner. Ducking into the seating area, the ranger looked around and remarked that the establishment somehow looked familiar. The bartender came over and asked them what they were drinking. A realization started to dawn on the man, and he pointed at the large human and began muttering, Follows fastest, and he snapped his fingers. Fargus, Fargus Stoutheart. Hey everyone, it's Fargus, he's back. The ranger wrapped his hand around the hilt of the weapon and Sister Elaine began to pray to Dilo when the rest of the bar began to chant. Fargus, Fargus, Fargus. 
Recognition snapped into the man's head, and he smiled broadly. I won the drinking contest here. He stood up, and the patrons cheered loudly as Sister Elaine buried her head in the hands of her, at her compatriot's stupidity. Pumping his arms, Fargus took in the accolades and leaned over yelling, They love me here! We close out this episode now and give you our thanks for listening. Please subscribe to this podcast and don't forget to follow us on Twitter at The Bards Podcast. For everyone in Adventures at Philbar, thanks for listening.